Hey everyone, welcome to episode 212, Taming the Twos. Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. Now I was gonna say terrible twos, but you can probably guess based on 211 episodes, what I think about calling kids that are two terrible twos. I promise on a stack of Bibles, if we call them terrible twos, which I have done, then we will find the terribleness of the twos. That's like your kids calling you, I don't know, what's something that starts with a P that's not a very nice word? Parasite parents. They're always sucking off me and always wanting to get their worthiness and value from me. Well, if they're going to say that about you, number one, you're not going to like it. Just like your kids don't like it if you call them terrible twos or what's the other ones? Four-nager for four-year-olds and I think three-nager for threes. Here's a little spoiler alert about every single age. Whether you're further down the road or you're just starting off, this is a spoiler alert. That's a hard word for me to say. At every single age, I've worked with hundreds of different ages. I've worked with hundreds of different parents. I promise on a stack of Bibles, every single age has things that are really, really cool and amazing, and every age has things that are really, really hard and frustrating. It doesn't end. It's all 50-50. So when we know that, then we're not so excited to get them out of the twos or the threes or the fours or the fives, because we know that you just exchange one problem for another problem, and then you exchange one joy for another joy. And I know my dad's chuckling right now going, yeah, you should wait till they get in their 40s and 50s, all the joys and struggles that I have with them as a parent. I hear you, dad. I know you're listening. I know you're making fun of me. That's all right. That's how we banter. That's how we roll. And he's right. There's so many things that are amazing. And there's so many things that are hard at every single age, not only being the age, but also parenting the age. Think about your age that you're at now. Like I love being 48, almost 49. Oh my goodness. My friend Tracy said the other day, and we have the same birth month. She said the other day she was, I think, 18, almost less than 18 months away from being 50. I'm like, oh my gosh, Tracy's almost 50? That's impossible. And then I was like, oh, wait a second. Tracy and I have the same birth month and the same birth year. That was jaw-dropping. So I was born in October of 74, so you can do the math whenever you're listening to this. It's around the corner. Holy moly. My point is, I love being in my late 40s. I'll just call it that. And there's things that are so hard. Like when I, I'm sitting down, I love wrapping presents and I love sending things in the mail and I love gluing and doing art projects on the floor. I think it like brings out my inner child. When I get up off the floor, the creaking and the aching and the, the noises I make, and I'm like, oh, I must have been sitting wrong. But then I do it 20 more times and the same aching and breaking and moaning happens. I didn't have that in my 20s. But I was also much more insecure and much more starving for validation from other people. So think about all the ages that you've had. Think about the ages that were really hard and things that, things that were really easy at that age. 
So when you can see it with your own age, you can see it with as being a parent too. So anyway, the reason why I'm saying all this is because there is a viral post, not my post, but I wish I wrote this because this is exactly everything we talk about on our podcast. And it was written by DJ Roman, D-E-J-A-Y Roman. And it went completely viral. I saw it years ago and my mother-in-law and my dad both found it and screenshot it and said, this seems like a really cool episode for your podcast. And I was like, whoa, they both sent it separate of each other. My mother-in-law and my father, like, it's not like they compared notes and sent it. They sent it separate of each other. The only thing I don't like about this post that's going viral is it, it's a little girl and she's two and it looks like they're at like a Chick-fil-A kind of place and they're like leaving like a like the Chick-fil-A playground. That's just what I guess. I have no idea if it's true. And she's bawling her eyes out and she's in stage red, code red, red light, green light. She is, she's lost her mind. So that's the only part I don't like is because I feel like when kids are having those vulnerable moments, I don't think we should be snapping pictures and posting it and making it go viral on the picture or the video or because like if, when I'm crying, I don't want a camera in my face and I definitely don't want it posted anywhere. And God forbid I go viral on a bawling post. If you should see me cry, oh my, it is the ugly cry. I was at a quinceanera the other day. I know I'm saying that wrong. I can never say the word. And I was bawling at the, it was the daughter grandfather dance. And it was, I hope you dance by Leanne Womack. And I was boo-hooing. Now, do I want that boo-hoo ugly cry where my face gets all contorted? Do I want that even anywhere to see? No, no one wants to see that. I barely want anybody to see it live and in person. So I'm covering up with a napkin. That's the only part I don't like, but I love the content of what she wrote. And it's from what she's doing is she's, she did the picture and then there it's like, quoted like she's saying this the two-year-old is and this is how two-year-olds think this is how most kids think i'm not going to read it all but i'm going to read it in stages and then i'll like reflect and then read some more because i for some reason when i'm listening to someone on youtube and they're just reading to me like i love listening to true crime but when they have the whole script written out and they're just like and then they went over to the house and then they realize that no and they're just reading i'm like why are you reading to me can you just tell me the story please so I'm very conscientious of doing that. Maybe it doesn't bother you like it bothers me, but I feel like the older I get, the more things that bother me. My dad's like, oh yeah, you should say that again. <laughs> I can just hear him. Okay. And so this is from, if a two-year-old could talk and be articulate, this is what he or she be saying. And I'm telling you, as a mother of teens, this is what they'd be saying too. And also, as someone in their late 40s, this is something that I feel too. And the quote goes like this. I am too. I'm not terrible. I'm frustrated. I'm nervous, stressed out, overwhelmed, and confused. I need a hug. Amen, sister. And it says, from the diary of a two-year-old. Today I woke up and wanted to get dressed by myself, but was told, no, we don't have time. Let me do it. That This made me sad. I wanted to feed myself for breakfast, but was told, no, you're too messy. Let me do it for you. This made me feel frustrated. I wanted to walk to the car and get in my sorry. I wanted to walk to the car and get in on my own, but was told, no, we need to get going. We don't have time. Let me do it. This made me cry. I wanted to get out of the car on my own, but was told, no, we don't have time. Let me do it. This made me run. A sorry. This made me want to run away. Later, I wanted to play with blocks, but was told, no, not like that, like this. I decided I didn't want to play with blocks anymore. I wanted to play with the doll that someone else had. So I took it. I was told, no, don't do that. You have to share. So stopping right there, you can kind of hear the inner dialogue, the two-year-old, especially like if you've ever been around a two-year-old, they are so funny, so adorable, so loving, so hilarious. 
and so clueless. OMG, it's like hurting cats. If you've ever had like a two-year-old and then you've had more two-year-olds together. Like when I used to go into our kids' preschool when it was all the two-year-olds, it was like, whoa. It was like this controlled chaos of what in the world is going on. So the beauty of a two-year-old is they're so adorable and loving and all they know is unconditional love. And the hard part about a two-year-old is they're completely clueless. They just see these grown-ups that they love and adore and think that they are the God in their life. And they're like, no, 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 we don't have time. Let's go. Let's get to do it this way. You're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. And so the diary of the two-year-old goes on to say, I'm not sure what I did, but it made me sad. So I cried. I wanted a hug, but was told, no, you're fine. Go play. I'm being told it's time to pick up. I know this is because someone keeps saying, go pick up your toys. I'm not sure what to do. I'm waiting for someone to show me. Then they say, what are you doing? Why are you just standing there? Pick up your toys now. Oh, I was not allowed to dress myself or move my own body to get to where I needed to go. But now I'm being asked to pick up things. I'm not sure what to do. Is someone supposed to show me how to do this? Where do I start? Where do these things go? I'm hearing a lot of words, but I do not understand what is being asked of me. I'm scared and do not move. I lay on the floor and, oh, I lay down on the floor and completely cry. Can you not see this? Oh my goodness. Did I not do this when I was parenting our two-year-olds? Oh my goodness. I want to go back in time. That's one of the reasons why I do this podcast is so I can kind of like help you not make the same mistakes that I made and still make to this day. When it was time to eat, I wanted to get my own food, but was told, no, you're too little. Let me do it. This made me feel small. I tried to eat the food in front of me, but I did not put it there. And someone keeps saying, here, try this, eat this, and putting things in my face. I always use the example of like, imagine if we went to a restaurant, like we went to Carabas this weekend. I always get the Pollo Rosa Maria. It is literally my favorite. I get it with garlic mashed. I get it extra hot because I like the food to like burn my tongue. I'm really weird like that. I get extra sauce on the side. It is so yummy and oh, delicious. Then Lily usually gets like, she'll get like the, Lily will get like the spaghetti. Grady will probably get the mac and cheese. And then David will probably get the lasagna or the chicken parm. If I had to order for them, I could probably guess what they wanted to order within like two or three guesses. Imagine if I showed up to Carabas, I'm like, Lily, here are the scallops. Grady, you're gonna have the linguine with clam sauce. And then they're like, go eat it. It's good for you, it's your growing food. I said to eat it because I said so. Like, no, and just like if someone else wanted me to eat, the lasagna. Like, no, I'm not going to turn it away, but like, is this my favorite? No, I'm not going to clear the plate. But if you order the Pollo Rosa Maria, now we're talking. So it's a want match for me to order the Pollo Rosa Maria. It's not a want match to get the scallops for me. If you gave me calamari, I think I would have to leave the restaurant. Like I would have a full-blown meltdown, meltdown tantrum galore on the floor of Carabas if you made me eat calamari. You give that to David, he's going to gobble it right up. I can't even be at the same table if he orders it. Like it's that bad. So we have to think about that with our kids. And a lot of times if we're overly controlling a way that our kids can garner some of the control back in their life is what they put in their body and how they, if they're younger with potty training, it's not that they're being stubborn. It's not that they're being disrespectful or they're kind of push our buttons. They're doing it to garner some type of control in our life. Just like we like control in our life. They do too. I can't get down from the table because I'm because no one will let me because I'm too small and I can't anyway. They keep saying I have to take a bite. This makes me cry more. I'm hungry and frustrated and sad. I'm tired and I need someone to hold me. I do not feel safe or in control. This makes me scared. I cry even more. That's exactly what I would do if someone gave me calamari at a table. I would be like, get me out of here. I can't get out of here. It's like we're it's like if I was in a seatbelt and I couldn't get out 
and they're telling me to eat calamari. Uh, that would be a negative. Then the diary goes on to say, I am two. No one will let me dress myself. No one will let me move my own body where it needs to go. No one will let me attend to my own needs. However, I'm expected to know how to share, how to listen, how to wait a minute. I'm expected to know what to say or how to act or how to handle my emotions. I'm expected to sit still or know that if I throw something, it might break. But I do not know these things. <laughs> In all caps. I'm like, yeah, girl, sister. Preach, preach. I'm not allowed to practice my skills of walking, pushing, pulling, zipping, buttoning, pouring, serving, climbing, running, throwing, or doing things that I know to, how to do. Things that interest me and make me curious. These are the things I am not allowed to do. I am too. I am not terrible. I am frustrated. I am nervous, stressed out, overwhelmed, and confused, and I need a hug. Oh, isn't that so true? So think about life from our little kids' perspective. Even if they're big kids, they're still trying to figure out this life. I'm in my 40s, late 40s, and I'm still trying to figure out this life thing. It's a continuum. They're on it, we're on it. But once we realize that we're the emotional adult and we need to teach them these things by modeling and embodying it first, then we kind of get the blueprint for how to live this life and we can be the calm in their storm and not freak out because they're freaking out. And in the end, we both have more harmony in the home and even when we're out and about. I love you guys and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey, mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too each and every day. Thanks for listening.